Welcome back to the Our View podcast. This episode is part of our Mental Health Monday series. These episodes will highlight topics related to mental health. The episodes will sometimes share the stories of those who have been medically diagnosed with mental health disorders, and other episodes in the series will share interviews with mental health professionals who will provide an overview of the different types of mental health diagnoses and their treatment options. These episodes are intended to be informational and educational only. It is not medical advice, and any information within these episodes is not intended to diagnose. We encourage you to always seek the guidance of your medical physician or clinician for any decisions regarding your medical needs and conditions. On today's episode of the Our View podcast, I welcome my guest, Heidi Kay. Heidi is a mental health advocate, and she shares her story of living with a mental health diagnosis and how it has impacted her life. I would like to welcome everyone back to another episode of the Our View podcast, uh, where we aim to educate, raise awareness, and change the tone of conversation about disabilities. My guest on today's show is Heidi Kay. I am so happy to have you on the podcast today, Heidi. So welcome, and I'm excited for our conversation today. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Yes. Um, And this is my first time being on a podcast and especially talking about topics like this. So I'm, this is a whole new can of worms. <laughs> but it's a good can of worms. Yes. So. Yes, definitely. I, um, <laughs> again, I've, I've been saying this on a lot of my recent episodes of my podcast that um, my guest today and I, we met on Clubhouse. <laughs> Uh, talking about uh, disabilities, and uh, there's a very large um, community of people with disabilities, visible and invisible disabilities, on Clubhouse, and there have been a lot of great conversations over the last few months about disabilities um, on the Clubhouse app, so um, it's really nice to be able to connect with people who are open to sharing their stories and um you know, it's, it's difficult to tell your story and to tell things that, that you have been through. Uh, but it's definitely important that we, um, you know, that we share our stories uh, with others. So we may encourage and uh, help, help other people. So uh, again, I'm looking forward to our conversation today. <laughs> me too. Me too. Yeah. I think Clubhouse is great for uh, talking about disabilities and everyone that I've met on there is just so nice and welcoming. And I really, I was crying. Like the first time that I did a conversation on there about disabilities, I was, I cried afterwards because I just felt so welcome and I was just able to get it out of me, mm-hmm. which is even a huge thing in itself. So it was really cool. Yeah, I agree. It it helps you. Um, I know in my experience, I have a, a physical disability, a, a visible disability. I walk with braces and crutches and use a wheelchair. Um, but growing up and even now in my adult life, um, I don't have many people in my life as as friends or family who have physical disabilities who can really relate to my experience. And everybody's experience is different. But um, as you said, uh, being on Clubhouse, you hear 
stories and you share with other people and it's just like, wow, like I feel seen, <laughs> you know, I feel seen and I feel accepted and, um, and it feels like such a great safe space to, uh, to share our experiences and to have people that will, uh, you know, say like, hey, that happened to me too. And I had a very similar experience and here's how I handled it. And so just to really, uh, again, to have that community of people who, you know, of course, experience things differently than we have, but can relate on some level and can really identify with, um, you know, with some of the things that we have been through. I, I think that's been very helpful uh, for me to to have these uh, different conversations on Clubhouse and then take them off of Clubhouse and have people on um, on the podcast as yourself as guests to uh, further continue those conversations. It's really uh, it's really been great for me and just uh, a really cool and uh, great experience. Absolutely, yeah. I think too. It's just such a good a good use of social media. I mean, there's so much negativity in the news and on social media apps, you know, it's just, there's so much all the time, but it's just such a good use of it now. And the tools that we have, um, especially Clubhouse, it's just such a great platform for this type of thing. And it's just great. Yes. Yeah. It goes back to the original intention of social media networking. It really, (laughs) it really goes back to the networking (laughs) part, um, which is, which, uh, which is what most social media apps were intended for, was networking and connecting with people. So uh, yeah, definitely Clubhouse has definitely brought, I think the uh, networking piece back uh, to uh, social, the social media world. <laughs> but um, so- Right, social media. Yes. So, um, so to enter, to start the podcast off, I should say, um, I would like for you to introduce yourself and tell us who is Heidi. Okay, this is kind of a tricky question. Um, <laughs> who am I? I don't even know half the time. Um, no, but I, I feel like I would describe myself as a mental health advocate for sure. I feel like I spend a lot of time doing research about mental health and just trying to constantly m- learn more about it. And um, it's also what I'm studying in school and I plan to be um, a behavior therapist in the future and do counseling. Um, So I feel like that's a really huge part of my life. And especially with my own experiences, I feel like I can apply those to helping people in that field, which I think is a really good, um, a really good thing. And it's a really good advantage to have. Um, And I have a passion for writing, for psychology, um, I love modeling. I feel like it's a really good form of expression that I enjoy and yoga and also just being in nature and grounding myself. So doing anything outside like hiking or, you know, whatever, meditating, anything, just sitting outside is is a really good thing for me. I don't really know how else to describe myself other than that. <laughs> that was fantastic. And I love... Uh, I love when I ask people that question because everybody says like, oh, wow, that's a difficult question. That's a tricky question. Um, but I, I, I love it because it gives you a chance to share what you're passionate about. And you did just that, which is 
fantastic. So uh, I, I love that you, um, that you're interested in psychology. I have a master's degree in psychology, so I'm, I'm very passionate about that as well. Um, so that's really cool. I found that to be really cool. And nature is um, one of my favorite things too. I live in New Jersey and so I do what I can to get to the beach as often as possible, <laughs> uh, just to be around the water. And uh, I don't go swimming in the ocean, but um, you know, I definitely uh, love being around the water. And it's uh, very healing for me to just be out in nature. And as you said, to ground yourself. And um, it's really, really great. And um, you know, you said you model and just all the, the things that you do are, you know, they're unique to you. So I, I think there's no right or wrong way to answer that question when you describe yourself. So I really, uh, I appreciate the variety of responses that I get when I ask people that question. <laughs> right. It is hard to answer too, but I feel like it's, it's so interesting to learn about what people do in their free time and what their passions are. Um, and everyone's just so different, which is the best. Yes, absolutely. And that's so. what really, um, I think that's what really is important to highlight here that we are so different. And at the same time, if I go back and listen to a lot of my guests and their answers, a lot of people have things in common. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's always a, um, that's always a fun thing to say, to, to listen to. And it's just like, Oh, this person and that person said they like doing this too. So like, that's really, you know, it's cool <laughs> to relate those things together and see how, Although we are different, uh, you know, we like doing the same things. And a lot of people that I have interviewed, as I just mentioned with you, even I share a lot in common with uh, a lot of my guests as well. So it's uh, it's a way to, sh to show how we are different and then at the same time show how we do have uh, some things in common as well. <clears throat> right, right. Yeah. Um, so. Um, so as I mentioned, you and I, we met uh, through Clubhouse in, um, you know, some rooms about uh, disabilities and disability awareness and educating others about disabilities. Uh, so how would, how would you define invisible disabilities? There, you know, that, that's a, a term, a phrase that we are hearing more often now, uh, people that have visible and invisible disabilities. I know there's a meme uh, going around, it's related to the um, the handicap or uh, accessible parking, and it says, uh, you know, you have to be mindful that not all disabilities are visible because people are so quick to say, oh, the person that has a, a, a handicap placard, an accessible parking placard, uh, you know, but they get out of their car and they run into the store when it's raining. It's like, oh, well, they don't have a disability, uh, but not all disabilities are visible. So, um, you know, we all have to be uh, respectful and uh, mindful of that. So how would you describe uh, invisible disabilities? I would describe invisible disabilities as disabilities that aren't physically visible and that are not apparent, but they're just as debilitating and they can still impair daily life. Um, generally, I feel like invisible disabilities can lean more towards like psychiatric disorders and things like that but i'm sure that there's other it's kind of an umbrella i feel like but from what i know i feel like that's what it mainly is like 
depression and anxiety and all those disorders. Yeah, definitely the things that you can't see, the internal disabilities, um, as you said, the mental health diagnosis, the uh, psychiatric diagnoses, those types of disabilities, um, which do classify as disabilities under the Americans with Disabilities Act, which is something that I, um, I think some people are not aware of that and some people forget that. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's been yeah. one of my things for the last uh, few months now. I have um, really tried to highlight some uh, mental health uh, aspects of disabilities on my uh, social media platforms and through the podcast. Also, I have um, done uh, Mental Health Monday episodes where I've had people that are on to talk about their uh, mental health diagnosis. And also I've had some uh, psychiatrists and psychologists on to describe and to talk about some of the uh, mental health diagnosis and treatment options for those diagnoses. So um, it is, it's very important to remember again, that these uh, invisible disabilities, although you cannot see them and, and they're not like myself using crutches or a wheelchair or um, have a hearing aid or uh, a seeing eye dog or anything like that, you know, people do have disabilities that you cannot see. So that is uh, always important to remember. And just to remember overall, just to be kind to people, I think is something that uh, we can never remind ourselves of enough, which is uh, so very important. <clears throat> I agree with that completely. And I feel like, especially, you know, when you're out in public and you're talking to people, um, it's just regardless of whether we intend to or not, we do make assumptions and we do judge people. It's just part of our human biology, I feel like, but it being kind is such a huge thing. And I feel like that is going to be the help in moving forward with mental health is just being kind to other people. And, um, you know, knowing about the disorders and knowing how to help someone in a crisis, in a mental health crisis or situation, like those things are going to be huge. And we've only scratched the surface of psychology, really, I feel like. Oh, absolutely. So yeah, absolutely. There are so many things um, that are left to be researched and discovered. And it, it's, uh, yeah, it, it goes so so deep and uh you know like you said we've barely uh touched the surface on uh things like that so it's um you know it's a, a very interesting field and uh you know the mental health field it's very interesting and uh you, know, you can learn a lot by um you know by by doing research and, and looking at things and uh just discovering all kinds of uh valuable information that uh that can be very helpful for you when, uh, you know, when, when you're going through your own things, through, through your own life. <laughs> I think everything, uh, you know, you can definitely learn, learn a lot of things about psychology just by reading books and uh, doing your own research for sure. <clears throat> yes, yes. And sometimes I wonder why people are reluctant to do that because, I, I mean, I just think it's so interesting, but that's it's such a huge part of who we are and i'm like how do people not 
think this is cool. Like, this is cool as hell. Like, I right. understand. <laughs> but, I mean, I think, too, it could be, this is me psychoanalyzing, but people can also be reluctant to learn about it because they don't want to dig up everything that's going on inside. You know, they don't, mm-hmm. they don't, they're not ready to face it yet. Right. Which is also okay. Yes. It's a process. Yeah, it is. It is a process. It's a journey for sure. <laughs> it definitely is a journey that, you know, starts off slow. <laughs> um, but yeah, it it really is um, something that you have to be ready for, for sure. I think that's uh, really important to mention. And it's, you know, it's more comfortable where people are currently. So they, you know, they don't want to, uh, you know, dig any deeper. But um, yeah, I think it's it's definitely a journey, I think, and, and a process. I think that's a good way to, uh, to put it. Um, so can you, um, tell us a little bit about, um, your invisible diagnoses and how, um, how those, uh, diagnoses, uh, impact your life? So when I was younger, I can't remember my exact age for either of them, but I was diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder and with post post-traumatic stress disorder, uh, PTSD. I've went through a lot of different therapists and medications and trying to navigate how to deal with them throughout my life. And I'm still sometimes unsure of how to deal with them. But I feel like what it really is, the, the way to help with all those symptoms is really grounding yourself, getting enough sleep, staying hydrated, um, eating well, I feel like those are the things that have helped me the most. Um, And I feel like they kind of are intertwined together. They're both psychiatric disorders, but I feel like they can also go hand in hand. Um, So I've experienced a lot of intrusive thoughts. I, with anxiety, I get really bad physical sensations. So if I'm anxious, um, my hands will turn almost purple and I'll be sweating bullets. I get, I break out in hives on my chest and my face to where it's really visible and people are like, what is going on? Are you okay? Um, And that's happened to me a few times in school where I've been doing presentations and I was completely broken out in hives, which is embarrassing because you can't really cover it up or anything when it's happening. Um, But I have definitely experienced it while driving where I will have those intrusive thoughts while driving um, and it's caused me to not be able to drive for months at a time. And I think too, the one of the biggest things is always searching for um, validity through other people. And I always have to kind of ask them, is this okay? Like, is everything fine right now? Like, I can't, I can't really determine if everything's okay or not. And they're just kind of like, yeah, nothing's wrong. But to me, it feels like the world is crashing down, which Mm -hmm. is really weird for another person to be in the same room and they're not feeling that. So I've experienced a lot of that. Um, And I think one of the biggest misconceptions about PTSD, which I've learned through one of my therapists, is that you don't have to go to war to experience trauma. And I remember one of the first times that we met and I was telling her 
kind of just laying it all out there and telling her a lot of different things that had happened that contributed to it. And I kind of just sat there and looked at her and I was like, so is this, is this even valid? Is this, is this a problem? And she just looked at me and was like, you have been through so much. Like you, you're valid. Like what you've experienced is valid. And hearing that really did help me understand that what I went through was a lot and that I didn't have to go to war to feel trauma because I felt like, I felt like for a while I, I had heard that from multiple people that, you know, if you don't go through something specific, it's, it doesn't exist. And, oh, everyone's sad. Everyone has a little bit of PTSD or whatever, but it's not valid. So I, I didn't feel valid for a really long time. So it was just that moment with her that I finally realized that I can get treatment for it. I'm not a lost cause. And it's just part of what I've experienced. You know, as as you said, there's so many people that will um, try to discredit and, uh, you know, our experiences and say like, oh, you know, oh, that happens to everybody. Every Like you said, everybody gets sad and, um, you know, everybody feels anxious about something at some point. Um, yeah, it'll pass and, and they make, uh, you know, they make excuses and, and just they don't, um, they try to invalidate our experiences. So, uh, you know, and, and the stereotype of, like you said, the that PTSD only can happen if you've, you know, if you've been in the military, if you've been to war, because that's where we most often hear of that phrase with post-traumatic stress disorder is from soldiers who have um, come back from war. But that's not, um, I think the key word in that phrase, like you said, is trauma, is traumatic. So it's, um, you know, any, people have been through all kinds of trauma uh, in their life in different ways, in um, multiple ways. Sometimes a lot of people have experienced different types of trauma, the same person in just different ways. So it can, um, you know, it definitely impacts our life and, uh, you know, our experiences are our experiences. They're not anybody else's. So it, it's really, you know, it's really a shame that as, as you mentioned, um, you know, people, uh, just, just try to brush it off as if it's nothing, but, um, really glad that you, um, you know, saw that counselor and, and they were able to, you know, let you feel validated and, you know, let you know that you're, experiences were real and and you really uh you know that that your experiences were real and that you uh have experienced trauma so that that is always a uh a good feeling to uh you know to have everything validated and uh you know to feel as if like okay so what i'm feeling is not uh you know it's not just me it, it actually is something uh serious but and also as you said you're not a lost cause everybody you know, you can seek the treatment and the, uh, the counseling, the therapy and, uh, you know, and work through some stuff. So that, that's really, really great that you mentioned that. Absolutely. And I think too, you know, I've, I've talked to people that have experienced it and I've read about people that have experienced it and watched videos and everyone experiences PTSD and, or generalized anxiety disorder so differently. I mean, 
you can have something happen 10 years ago and you might not feel any of those feelings or have physical sensations or any of that until many years later and other people have it right away where they're, you know, feeling those things from the events that happened or whatever. But it's definitely important to know that it's not one size fits all in terms of treatment and how you cope and how long it takes you to cope and to not beat yourself up for not being perfect because I'm also telling myself this too because um, I've been through it, but it's definitely a journey, but it's still worth it in the end to take care of yourself and get the proper treatment that works for you. Yes. All of what you just said. <laughs> uh, yes to all of it. <laughs> it's really, uh, <laughs> it's, it's just, um, it's so important. I always say it when, um, when referring to physical disabilities and my diagnosis of spina bifida, every person that has spina bifida is different. And I'm able to walk. There's some people that are not able to walk. Uh, they have to use uh, their full-time wheelchair users. Um, I'm able to walk for short distances, but a lot of times you may see me in my wheelchair. Um, and that could be for many reasons. If it's a long, you know, if I'm going on a long walk or at the mall or at a park or something like that, I'll be in my wheelchair. Then there are just other days where um, it's more comfortable for me because I'm experiencing some type of pain. So I'll use my wheelchair instead of my crutches. But um, every person, even though you may have the same diagnosis, every experience is so different. As you said, every treatment um, plan for, for that diagnosis for every individual is different. I think what's important too is, you know, there's people that talk about this didn't, well, this didn't work for me. This, this therapist didn't work for me. So I'm not going to go to therapy because I went 10 years ago and it's not going to work now. So why should I do it? But it, it takes time to find the right person. I've probably been through six or seven different therapists. And I mean, it's also because I moved a few times and things like that, but it really took me a while to find the right person. And that's okay, as long as you're trying and constantly pushing yourself to be better, I feel like it will work out. And you also have to let yourself rest though too, because it can be overwhelming. And, you know, doctors, therapists, all of that, it can be overwhelming. So it's all about balance, I think, definitely. Yes, that is that is such, such a great thing that it is. It's about balance. And, um, and I also love what you said a little, a uh, little while ago too, about, um, you know, just because something doesn't show up for you right now, when the, when the event happens, it can show up at a later time and it can be related, even though years have passed since the experience, the traumatic experience happened, it can show up, you know, years later and it, it, it can yeah. be related. So that's the thing. It, it's like, oh, no, it can't be that because that happened 10 years ago. But it's like, no, it, it can be that. And it might it might be that, <laughs> that you're, uh, you know, reliving that experience. So, um, you know, so that that's the important thing to mention, too, because it's, 
you know, a lot of times people might think like, oh, okay, well, everything in life is going pretty well for me right now. So it can't be that I'm bringing up this old thing that happened. And it's like, yeah, it, it can be. <laughs> it definitely can be that. So, um, yeah, this is this is mm -hmm. very good um, and necessary information to uh, to share. So thank you for um, for sharing your experience. And, um, you know, I'm sure someone listening is, uh, you know, going to uh, be encouraged to, you know, just reach out to somebody and, you know, hopefully, you know, find a, a therapist and a counselor that, that works for them. And just because it doesn't work with the first person, you know, keep trying, keep looking and, you know, you will find uh, the good match because that, uh, you know, that's also about balance as well. That goes, uh, you know, you have to find the, the good match for yourself with uh, a counselor or a therapist and they are out there. So it's, uh, you know, it's important that you just keep looking and uh, don't don't stop looking until you find them. <laughs> yes. And I think I think about it, too, like, you know, if you can't find the right doctor immediately or anything, even just small steps like journaling once a day for 10 minutes, even if you don't have a lot of time, journaling once a day, making a healthy meal, just even the smallest steps, because I feel like your body holds holds that trauma, you know, whether it's subconsciously or unconsciously, it's there. And even if your mind forgets and is blocking out experiences, your body holds on to it. So you have to let it out, whether it's, you know, journaling, making cookies, like anything, anything to just let it out of your body and yes. be able to move forward from it. Two of my favorite things, journaling and making cookies. So you are speaking directly to me. <laughs> I love, I love a oh, good, yeah. I love a good journal entry, and I love a good chocolate chip or sugar cookie. <laughs> so, but it is. It's, oh, I. It's... I... <laughs> no, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I was just thinking. You're like. I would love a good cookie. And I'm like, I eat the whole pan, but yes. okay. <laughs> well, well, yes, I eventually That's do. Me yes. coping. <laughs> I, hey, whatever gets us through. And I, I, there's a no judgment zone yeah. over here. Like I, I live by myself. So, you know, you have to make a dozen cookies. So, I mean, <laughs> somebody, not gonna throw it away. right. Somebody <laughs> has to eat them. You know, there's 12 in the pack or, you know, the, the recipe calls for a dozen. So, <laughs> Somebody has to eat them. <laughs> I try to stretch it out over oh, two yeah. days, but, you know, it doesn't always work that way. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think, uh, as you mentioned, journaling is a big thing. I, um, I started journaling back when I was in high school. And um, I don't even know how many journals I have here in my house just for different things. I, I write... Um, I have a gratitude journal where I only write positive things. Um, I have a journal where I just write, you know, here's what happened during my day. Uh, no matter what kind of day it was. Uh, then I have, uh, you know, things where I just write, you know, where I'm frustrated about something or upset about something. And, uh, you know, just looking back and seeing the different topics that I, um, you know, that I would write about back when I was uh, a lot younger and uh, the things that I write about now, 
um, you know, it's really interesting and, and cool to see, uh, you know, where I've, what I've been through and how I got through it, how I was able to get through it. And um, it's also great for me to see, um, I guess, the the consistency um, of my friendships that have lasted. And, you know, when I was dealing with something and, and this person helped me get through some stuff and then I look in three or four years later or six or seven years later, that same person's helping me get through some stuff again. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's really cool and, and really important to have uh, a great support system. I think that is always uh, very helpful and uh, very important, uh, whether they be, you know, family by blood or, you know, family by friendship. Um, you know, it's always the support system is what I always say uh, is what gets me through, you know, every day. Oh, yes, I agree. One hundred percent. It's even hard getting that sometimes you know and especially when you're dealing with mental issues going on it's like do they really like me or are they is everything okay that's me always trying to ask myself those questions but it's just my anxiety but I've had issues with relationships because I'm always having to have that validation of like is everything fine mm -hmm. <laughs> and nothing's wrong ever right but yeah, like once you find your tribe, it's it's great, and you know that people if they're there during when you're at, when you're at your lowest times and your friends are there for you or your family, that's that's when you know that they're real and it's a really good feeling. It's a release, you know. There's it's a really big release. Yes, absolutely. It's um so important uh like you said to find your tribe and um and it's also in the same <laughs> on the opposite end of that it's okay to let some people go as well <laughs> who are not <laughs> your yeah. tribe you know that's that's the other part of it too unfortunately it's uh you know find your tribe and, and stick with them but then the people that you you know realize are not part of that tribe like you you might have to let some people uh go on that uh on your journey along your journey so i think that's uh really really good uh really good uh food if you say for your soul to, to remember those things <laughs> but um absolutely it's yeah 100 percent. yeah um so we are uh we're recording this um it's the end of july is it the 29th i think yeah it's July 29th. <laughs> um, I never know what day it is anymore. But um, so we're recording this in July, which is uh, considered to be Disability Pride Month. And um, the, the month of July is uh, a month that, that was, it was started in, in New York City a couple of years ago, in New York State, I should say. Um, and it is a chance to honor each other's uh, uniqueness as being people with disabilities, all types of disabilities. And it is a way to honor uh, disability as being a natural and beautiful part of human diversity. So with that in mind, what would you say um, is something about you that makes you unique? I think that 
my experiences have allowed me to have a new perspective on other people and things and help me empathize with others more just because of what I've gone through. And I think that's a really beautiful thing. Sometimes my anxiety goes into overdrive though, and I'm feeling every emotion of everybody in the room or, you know, just soaking all of it in like a sponge. But it's really, it really is a gift. And I feel like that is something that makes me unique is taking my experiences and realizing that they're valid finally, like 24 years later, <laughs> but realizing that they're valid and wanting to help other people because of it and trying to turn it into something positive because if you're not turning into something positive, it can go pretty wrong. And I don't want to go down that path. So that's something that makes me unique, I think. And I'm definitely confident in that. Yes. And I think that is such a, a, a great thing. You know, as you've said, it, it's, it's a great thing because it does help you empathize with people. And then at the same time, it can also be very heavy because you do take on a lot of other people's energy and, um, and their emotions. And that can, uh, has, it, it can potentially be very draining for, uh, you know, for, for you. So, um, it is, but it's something that, again, it goes back to the balance, I think, that you mentioned earlier of, um, you know, being able to balance that can be difficult, but it is uh, definitely possible. So um, that is that is a great, um, actually, un unfortunately, it's a great way to end this episode. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but it, it does, it just really, um, it really sums up um, everything. And I, I think it, it was a, um, you know, a really good way to, uh, to wrap things up. And I, uh, I'm so grateful again for you taking the time to, uh, speak with me today and, uh, to share your story and your experiences. And, um, you know, I, I do every episode with the hope that by sharing someone else's story, that someone, uh, listening will be encouraged, um, and inspired to, to just keep going and to, um, you know, do what's necessary for them, for their, for their life to, um, live their best life. And, uh, you and I, we follow each other on social media. So I see all of the great things that you're doing. And, um, it's really great again to have you on. It's great to know you and, um, really happy to have shared this time with you. Thank you so much. Now I feel like I'm going to tear up again. Oh, no. I always oh, no. end up crying. <laughs> <laughs> That was so nice. I'm so happy I, I was able to speak as well with you and learn more about disabilities and just have an open conversation about it. It's, this is the first time I've ever done that, and it feels really freeing. I mean, I've, I've talked on Clubhouse a little bit, but actually to have a session recorded like this, mm -hmm. which is really cool to me. So oh, thank you so much. <laughs> you're, you're very welcome. And, um, you know, I, I think I, I always say like my mission is to change the tone of conversation about disabilities. And I believe one of the main ways we do that is by talking about them. Um, 
you know, because there, there's a lot of misinformation and there's a lot of old stereotypes that are out there that people still live by. And we have to, you know, crush that, that stereotype, those stereotypes, that stigma that surrounds uh, disabilities in general and um, also uh, especially mental health uh, stereotypes and stigmas that are, um, that exist about mental health diagnosis. And it really, um, you know, we have to, that, that's the best way. I think one of the most important ways that we do that is by, uh, sharing our stories with others. And so thank you for allowing me to share your story and I will, um, I'll definitely be in touch with you soon. And Hopefully, we will be able to work on some uh, things again in the future. Yes, I hope so. And I will definitely be making cookies in the meantime. Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I might have to make cookies tonight. Like, I'm actually going to do that. <laughs> you should. You should. We both should. I'll, I'll, I'll try to make cookies tonight yes. as well. It's supposed to rain, but we'll see how it goes. Um, I don't have anything to make cookies right now, so that's why. <laughs> But I will make cookies soon, and I'll be sure to tag you in it on Instagram when I do. <laughs> Please do. Yes. Please do. <laughs> but you, um, you have a great day. Again, this was a great conversation, and uh, thank you again for uh, trusting me to uh, share your story. I, I appreciate you for that, and uh, I will be in touch with you soon, Heidi. Okay, sounds good. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome, and have a good day. <laughs> you too. Right. Bye. Bye. This concludes this episode of the Our View podcast. We thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on our YouTube channel. Make sure you're following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for more disability-related content at Our View for Life. That's O-U-R-V-I-E-W, the number four L-I-F-E. Thanks for listening. <laughs>